Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Added practice of the summer slash fall season, and I'll close out the show with a terrific, terrific interview with former Gophers defensive lineman and five-time NFL All-Pro Carl Mecklenburg. season um I, I would say overall it seemed like a very high energy practice um like i said it was the first one with the whole team wearing full pads obviously there were guys on the team that weren't here yet yet here for the spring and all the incoming freshmen so yeah first full padded practice uh high energy Every time I uh, go to a Gophers practice, the, I think the first thing that stand out is how high-paced the whole practice is. It's not like anyone listening to this who played sports in high school, uh, you mosey around for water breaks and stuff, and there's there's low points in the practice when everyone slows down. Uh, but there's really never this at a uh, Division One Gophers football practice. They're always going high speed, everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, w- it was fun practice. Um, I think I'm going to go position position by position um, for what stood out from my point of view and uh, any any I guess updates heading into the season now. 
So um, at the quarterback position, um, I, I wouldn't say there was anything too uh, notable. Um, Tanner Morgan was Tanner Morgan. He had a very... I was impressed with uh, the level of control he had over the practice. You could see he was commanding the practice like a 60 or senior should. Um, but as for on-field uh, work and plays he was making, it was Tanner Morgan. Um, he was making the smart plays. He wasn't having any throws that you're like, wow. But uh, I don't think it was anything concerning. I don't think it was anything that blew me away. Um, as for the rest of the quarterbacks, um, it was Jacob Knuth's first practice in a Gophers uniform. And um, he didn't get too many reps, obviously, because he'll probably be fourth on the depth chart all year. Um, but didn't really do anything that impressed me dramatically. Didn't do anything that um, that was concerning. But uh, he, he looks like a very talented quarterback. I'll leave it at that. Um, but long term, honestly, I think uh, Ethan Kaliakmanis' ceiling might be a bit higher. But it was his first practice, so I don't think you can really take too much away from it. Um, but speaking of Ethan, as for him and Cole Kramer... Um, they pretty much played how I've seen them play throughout their career and throughout their practice career. Uh, Ethan had a few throws that you're like, wow, he might be the only quarterback on the roster that can make that throw. Um, and Cole Kramer was making Cole Kramer plays. Um, I think there's good depth behind Tanner if he were to get injured. I don't think really anyone behind him are going to be pushing him for significant snaps during the season if there is no injury. Um, but like I said, uh, Cole Kramer probably, I would imagine, will uh, remain in that um, wildcat short yardage role. Um, even with the offensive coordinator change, I think the Gophers probably will still do that, but you never know. Um, one thing I thought was weird is all the quarterbacks are wearing uh, knee braces on their left knee and I just think it's weird that every single one does that but um, apparently it's I guess helpful for quarterbacks to do that I don't think any of them are injured but it's just a very odd thing to me I feel like it limits your mobility but that was just something that I guess I never noticed before because I'm pretty sure they all wear it uh, during the season, but I just thought that was odd. And yeah, uh, overall, I thought the quarterbacks looked good. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good day for him. I think I don't think there was anything too concerning. Um, like I said, I still think it's going to be Tanner uh, and Cole Kramer is going to have those uh, those special packages that he comes in for. Um, and I, I personally think if Tanner were to go down. It seems like they are trusting Ethan more and more. If I had to guess what their depth chart looks like, I bet Ethan is third. So it depends at what point of the season if Tanner were to go down, but I think Ethan will eventually be the number two guy. But yeah. All right. As for the running back position, um, 
clearly still going to be Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts um, reps to lose at the position. Um, just a random thing. They were both wearing the big like bubble things on their helmet with all the extra pads. They were only the, the only two guys in the whole practice wearing those. I just thought that was an interesting note. Uh, but yeah, behind behind them, it's going to be Bryce Williams, uh, true freshman Zach Evans. And the depth really, I think, is going to end there for anyone who will see sometime, if any, this season. Um, but behind them, uh, Jordan Newbin, who is Tyler Newbin's brother. Um, Jordan, I believe, is a preferred walk-on still. Uh, but he played well in the uh, spring game and in the spring practice, and he's uh, looked good at every practice I've been to. So he's a name to watch out to, I guess, get a uh, scholarship at some point this season. I could definitely see that happening. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me if they have any open scholarships, but he could be a name to look out for. As for the wide receivers, um, biggest, I guess, uh, thing I noticed, there was no Daniel Jackson. I'm not... I don't have any confirmation if that's an injury or if he had like a family uh, matter, but he was not there. Um, but after that, uh, Chris Hopman Bell, I thought, had a very, I guess, interesting practice against Terrell Smith. Um, Terrell Smith really outplayed him the whole practice. Uh, it almost looked like Crab was a step slower. I'm not sure if uh, that was an injury if he's dealing with something, but uh, he didn't look like himself. Uh, Terrell Smith could have been playing that well, but Terrell Smith definitely had had the better of him throughout practice. Um, and after that, every time I watch Dalen Wright play football, I leave more and more impressed. That dude is an uberly talented wide receiver. He probably had the best play of the whole um, practice. He made a uh, great catch on the boundary, kept his feet in. Um, I, I'm not sure if he'll lead the team in catches. I don't know if that that's his game, if he's going to be a volume receiver. I think that still might be Chris Oppenbell, Daniel Jackson, um, even Mike Brown-Stevens. Uh, I'd be shocked if he led the team in catches. I'd take that back, but... Um, I think Daylon Wright might lead the team in touchdowns. Uh, Span Ford probably will be a big red zone target, but man, just I think Daylon Wright's the most talented receiver on the team by a pretty almost wide margin. Um, if he plays up to his potential, I think he could be a top 100 NFL draft pick. Um, he's just, he has it all. Um, and we saw it in flashes last season. And I'm very interested to see how Kirk Soraka is going to use him in the offense. But, man, the talent's there. The potential's there. He's just got to bring it all together. Um, and then last note on the wide receivers. Uh, true freshman Ike White played pretty well in the spring game. And every practice I go to, he makes he's making plays. Um, I don't think he's really going to have a role at all as a true freshman. Um, but he's going to be a very good player in his Gophers career. And I think he's already showing that as a true freshman at practice and at the spring game. Um, so definitely a name to watch out future years. Not, maybe not this year, but uh, he's a very talented player. 
As for the tight ends, I didn't really see much um, of note, I guess. Uh, it's really going to be come down to three guys who are going to get playing time. Uh, we all know Brevin Spanford. Um, he's going to be the number one guy. He'll play a lot, uh, probably. Uh, a lot more than the 50-50 split he had with Coquif last year, if I would imagine correctly. Gophers might put him at receiver sometimes, line him up out wide, but... Uh, he, he still looks pretty clearly as the best tight end at that, the best player at that position. Um, and then after that, it's uh, Nick Callerup, who's going to be more of a blocking type. And Jameson Gears, who played well in the spring game, could also see some time. But yeah, I didn't really see too much of a note from that position at practice. Um, as for the offensive line, um, I think based on the reps and stuff that I saw, it's pretty clearly... Um, John Michael Schmitz at center, obviously, uh, Axel Rushmeyer and Chuck Filiaga at guards, and Ariante Ursary at left tackle. Um, I think those four are pretty locked and loaded. I would be pretty, pretty shocked if I, any of those four don't start week one. And then at right, right tackle, uh, just based on reps, um, this is nothing else. Quinn Carroll and Martez Lewis were pretty pretty firm on um, rotating at that position um, throughout the practice. Uh, Quinn Carroll definitely looks the part. He looks like a, a first-round pick offensive lineman. He just has the build, carries himself that way. Um, but Martez Lewis continues to improve a lot, and the Gophers obviously trust him. But it was Quinn Carroll's first padded practice in a Gophers uniform. Um, so a lot can change from now between September 1st. So based right now, if there was a game tomorrow, I think Martez Lewis would start. I think Quinn Carroll would also play. Um, but yeah, I, basically that uh, position is still up for grabs. If I had to guess, I think Quinn Carroll will start by week one right now. If you asked me yesterday, I think I might have said Martez Lewis, but I think it's really a coin flip at this point, so a lot can change, but I think both of them are going to play at least early in the season, and so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's going to be those six guys, I think. Uh, you have Carter Shaw and Nathan Bow and J.J. Gadet as some depth behind them, but I think those six guys are going to be who see the playing time most during the season. Um, and a young guy that stood out to me that I think is going to be have a successful Gophers career is true freshman Cade McConnell. Um, just the way he walked around, he just looks like he's going to be a good Big Ten offensive lineman. I just like it. Not a very kind of a lazy uh, scouting uh, report, but I just like his vibe. Uh, I just think he's going to have a good Gophers career. And then as for the defensive side of the ball, um. The biggest, I guess, position question, maybe for any position group heading into the season, is the defensive line. Uh, the Gophers were really rotating a lot of guys all day. It was a lot of situational stuff. Um, so it's really, I think, tough to know who's going to start week one. I think the only two guys that are definitely going to be the first ones on the field 
I can say for certain against New Mexico State is Thomas Rush at one of the end spots and Trill Carter as one of the interior spots. Um, but behind that, Danny Strigal was getting a lot of run um, at practice on the outside at defensive end. Um, Jalen Logan Redding was kind of playing all over. I got called out uh, by Brian Burns on Twitter. I said that he was a defensive tackle. Um, I uh, clearly was incorrect, um, but everyone makes mistakes. He just was playing. Uh, it just every time that the, it seemed like the ones were going out, he was going out with them. And I guess in my head, I just didn't really put two and two together that He's not going to see much time on the interior uh, during the season, but he was uh, one of the four defensive linemen that were going out first. So I guess I don't completely stray away from what I said, but um, I don't think he's going to play much traditional uh, head up on the guard three technique all season, if any. Um, but uh, he will play a lot, and I think he played a lot during practice. Um, and then after that, you got Jod Joyner, um, Lorenzo Sergers as more depth on the defensive end. And then uh, Kyler Baugh, uh, Houston Baptist transfer, Devin Eastern, um, Darnell Jeffries, Logan Richter. I think they are all going to get run on the interior. And then even uh, Gage Keys and Austin Booker on the outside uh, might also get some run this season. It, I just think they can really go 11, 12 guys deep. I don't know how much Austin Booker would play, but they're definitely going 11 guys are going to get significant snaps. Um, So, like I said, I think Trill Carter and Thomas Rush, their roles are pretty solidified, Um, that they're going to play a lot all year, probably be at least... um. I'd have to look at the snap counts, but the, uh, probably like 40% of the snaps... I would imagine, but those are gonna guys are gonna play. Trill Carter, I don't know if he has the stamina to play that much, but uh, the Gophers like to rotate their defensive line. Uh, new head coach Brick Haley, um, I think they're definitely gonna see it a lot again this year. Um, and I think they have a lot of talent at that position. Um, but like I said, I think game to game, week to week, uh, even situation to situation, you're gonna see different guys in there all year. Um, but like, there's a lot of talent and I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's just going to be figuring out who the best guys are. And as for the youth, a uh, few guys who stood out, uh, true freshman, Anthony Smith, uh, I thought he looked like a four-star player. Uh, you could tell that the talent's there, um, but he is, you could tell he's a teenager still. Um, and then Jacob Schuster, um, redshirt freshman defensive tackle, um, he's going to play eventually um he did get some reps um during practice with i believe the two sometimes but uh, it's always hard to follow um and luther mccoy as well i think he's going to play eventually uh those three might not play much this year in 2022 but they are going to have successful gophers careers in my opinion um as for the uh linebacker position we all know Moriano Sorimarin going to be a leader of the defense. His role is solidified. Um, and then after that, the second spot uh, heading into the offseason, obviously, was up for grabs. Um, my opinion, I think Braylon Oliver has a pretty strong uh, hold on that position. 
And then the Gophers um, sometimes like to go three guys um, at the linebacker spot. So Donald Willis and I think Cody Lindenberg will both play this season. Um, but I think the two two main guys is gonna are gonna be Mariana Sari Marin and Braylon Oliver. Uh, Oliver looks the part. Might be one of the uh, one of those guys you want like coming off the bus first. Uh, he's intimidating, um, especially when he's got his full pads on. He's got the neck brace. Um, he was rolling it up so you could see his abs. He just looked like an old school linebacker. Um, he's battled injuries though his whole career, so hopefully he won't have any of those this season. I think he could really be in for a big year, um, filling in for Jack Gibbons. But yeah, he I was impressed with him. Uh, he's one guy I loved watching during practice. Um, as for the cornerback position, um, another spot. Uh, the top two I think are pretty set in stone. Um, Justin Wally. We all know um, had a standout freshman season. Could be in for an even bigger sophomore campaign. Um, maybe uh, All-American. hate to say it, but could be possible. Um, and then Ryan Stapp, Abilene Christian transfer. I think he's going to be the other guy. Um, he, could, he could also play in the uh, nickel as a slot cornerback. Um, could play on the outside, uh, but Terrell Smith was playing a lot of outside cornerback, like I said. So right now, if I had to guess, I, it would be uh, Terrell Smith and Justin Wally on the outside, and then Ryan Stapp um, as a nickel inside. Um, but then you also have uh, Beanie Bishop from Western Kentucky, very talented player. I think he might have been dealing with a little injuries, so he was not playing as much, but I think those four guys are going to get a lot of run. Um, Terrell Smith last year, and this year was kind of the odd man out when everyone was healthy. Um, he played a lot, but uh, yeah, and it's just they they have so much talent on this defense. Now that I'm going through, you got Michael Dixon that can play uh, nickel cornerback, could play a little safety, um, but and even uh, Jalen Glaze. I don't know how much he'll play, but he was a he's a talented player that stood out to me. Um, I think he's going to play at some point in his Gophers career. I don't think it'll be this year. but So at cornerback, it's really Wally, Ryan Stapp, Terrell Smith, Beanie Bishop, and Michael Dixon. Well, Michael Dixon could also play a little safety. He's kind of like that versatile piece you can move around. And at uh, moving in the safety position, uh, Tyler Newbin, I think is going to be one of the best players on this Gophers defense. One of the veterans, um, definitely the uh, leader in the secondary, um, the veteran guy who's done it, guy who's been there. Um, and Jordan Howden, also a guy who's done it, guy who's been there. Those two are going to be the duo at safety. Like I said, Michael Dixon and Terrell Smith played a little safety last year. I think you can move those guys around. Um, but in nickel and dime packages, they'll come in and cover receivers. But um, Michael Dixon going to find the field at some point this season. Uh, it's just they got, I think... You said Justin Wally, Ryan, Ryan Stapp, Terrell Smith, Michael Dixon, Beanie Bishop, Tyler Newbin, Jordan Houghton. So that's seven guys. They got seven defensive backs that are going to play a lot. Uh, I think it's going to rotate between those seven. And then a uh, young guy at safety that stood out to me was Coleman Bryson, a uh, true freshman from Georgia. Um, 
I thought he looked really comfortable out there for being a teenager, and I think he uh, could have a successful Gophers career down the road. But, yeah, I think that's all I got from practice. Uh, like I said, football can't really come soon enough. It was uh, really a great practice to watch. Um, a lot of positives. Like I said, maybe biggest negative was Chris Otmabel. Um I don't know if it's an injury or what, but he didn't look like himself. Um, outside of that, it really wasn't much. Um, I think most people will be like, oh, Quinn Carroll's not going to start. But um, he got to work his way back into um, playing, I guess. Uh, he hasn't played much football in two years, three years. So um, I, the talent's definitely there with him, and I think he uh, could eventually be the only starter at right tackle at some point this year. Uh, but I think it's going to take time. I think the Gophers need to build their trust with him. Um, and, I mean, like, outside of that, I, I don't think there's really many, like, negatives. People that I'm like, whoa, uh, that's going to be a red flag. I, this is a team that can compete for the Big Ten West. It's going to come down to, like I said, I think the biggest thing is Tanner and Kirk Scirocco, like everyone knows. That right tackle spot, Quinn Carroll and Martez Lewis, and like I, I just went through. There's so many guys on this defense that are so talented. They just have so many bodies that you can throw. Out. They have a lot of depth on defense. Um, I think they might even have more depth than they did last year. The top end talent might have been better. Um, I don't know if there's going to be how many guys on defense they have drafted last year. So they just had Boye Mafe and Asesio Tamiwo, but um, you had Niles Pinkney get on a train camp roster, Mike Adu Treadway. I, they, I, I'll just say they have a lot of talent um, just going through all of that. Um, but yeah, good practice. Um, 24 days until week one, New Mexico State. Can't come soon enough. Uh, this week of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now time for a great interview with former Gophers defensive tackle, defensive lineman, and five-time first-team NFL All-Pro linebacker Carl Mecklenburg. All right, let me now introduce a very special guest, um, former Gophers linebacker and six-time Pro Bowler, Carl Mecklenburg. How are we doing today? I'm good, Tony. I never played linebacker until my third year in the NFL. I, I was a defensive tackle at the University of Minnesota. Uh, it was drafted by the Broncos as a nose guard. Uh, so it was. It took me a while to find my spot, but it, it worked out. All right. 
Um, so you obviously had an interesting journey to Minnesota. Um, you grew up in Minnesota, uh, but your journey to the Gophers was different than most. Um, I guess for someone that doesn't know and the fans listening to this, um, how would you, I guess, describe your um, journey to becoming a Gopher? Yeah, you know, it was a long uh twisted road i i uh i loved uh minnesota gopher football as a kid growing up i remember my dad taking me to games uh i i had never gone to a pro game it was it was always a gopher game when we went to a went to a game uh i, re- I remember uh wanting to play for the gophers uh was at washburn high school as a freshman transferred to, to edina west um ended up uh playing jv football as a junior didn't even make the varsity team as a senior, uh, I made the varsity team. I was all state as both a tight end and a defensive end. Um, but I was only six feet tall and 200 pounds. I wasn't big enough to play major college football. So I went to Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on a one-third scholarship. With the understanding if I played well, they give me a full scholarship. I mean, they sat in my family's living room and talked to my parents and, you know, oh, it's late in the recruiting season. We, we you know, we, we don't have a full scholarship for Carlton now, but uh, if he if he participates and does a good job for us, it will bump him up. So my freshman year there, I grew three inches and 40 pounds. All of a sudden I got big. <laughs> I got good. Uh, my second year there, I led, I, led, I led the team in sacks. I played every down on defense. Expected to get that scholarship we'd talked about in my living room. Uh, went into the debriefing session that every coach has at the end of the season where they talk about what happened last year and what to expect next year. Uh, so I go into Coach Swisher's office sitting down expecting for him to have that uh, full scholarship uh, contract for me to sign. Instead, he says, Carl, we know your dad's a doctor. He can afford this school. We're going to take away the scholarship and use it to bring someone else in. Now, I had, it, like I said, always wanted to play for the Gophers and the Gophers did recruit me coming out of, uh, out of high school. Unfortunately, they signed uh, a, a guy who Notre Dame was also recruiting at the time and they didn't expect to sign him. Uh, so they had told me they're going to give me a scholarship, but then they didn't give me a scholarship. So I was mad at coach Stahl. Um, so I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to play there. I went, at, went to Augustana um, and then, uh, and then coach Stahl got fired and, and um, Joe Salem came in. And, uh, uh, so Joe was, Joe was the coach then. So I transferred and I walked on at the university of Minnesota. Um, yeah, that's what ended up there. And, uh, so I had to sit out a year. It wasn't like it is now you had to sit out, uh, but you practiced, you know, you didn't, you didn't, uh, sit out. You were part of the team, but you were, you were, you were on the gopher team, right? You're the, the practice squad guy. And, and so that's what I did for a year. Uh, under the head, under the coaching of Tony Dungy. T- Tony was the graduate assistant working with the with the walk-ons at that point. Uh, Mike March was in the film room. Wow. Mike Shanahan was an offensive coordinator when I first got there. Uh, so yeah, pretty good coaching staff. Yeah, that, that, that's it's a crazy uh, story, I guess. Uh, so you obviously uh, saw a coaching change from the outside. You were originally cr- uh, recruited by Cal Stoll, and then. Uh, you played for Joe Salem. How would you describe, I guess, uh, Joe Salem as a head coach and your relationship with him in your two years with the Gophers? You know, my relationship with Joe wasn't very good, truthfully. Um, I I was a pre-med major. Uh, I didn't want to go to the uh, the um, academic stuff they had set up for for the players because I did I I had I I had too much work to do. I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't go to the uh, to to the study halls and that kind of stuff. 
Um, and I wasn't one of his guys. I, I wasn't recruited by him. As a matter of fact, he didn't even put me up for all conference my senior year. I, I uh, wow. the uh, Bo, Bo Schembechler put me up for all conference. So I ended up <laughs> as a second team all conference guy. Um, but I had a great relationship with the defensive coaches. Uh, Bruce Vandersall was the uh, defensive coordinator at the time. When I first got there, Coach uh, Mike Wynn uh, was the defensive line coach. And and Mike had a cup, a cup of coffee with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he knew what it took to play in the NFL. And he was the first one to really get me to thinking about that. He told me, uh, if you could rush the passer, they'd find a place for you. Doesn't matter if you're too, you know, if you're not big enough to play uh, pro football, if you can rush the passer, that's, you know, they'll find a spot. And then that's how it worked out. Uh, and then uh, Cal Jones was the my second year there was the uh, was the defensive line coach, just a little fire plug or just got in your face and then really really got my uh, my mind right. So we yeah I, I had some good coaching at at the University of Minnesota, didn't get along really well with the head coach. Yeah, uh, I, I guess that happens. That's just football. But um, so it it wasn't necessarily the most like glorious years team wise while you were with the Gophers. How would you, I guess, kind of like describe the overall like vibe of the program when you were there? Cause uh, even before you got there, like they, they were uh, not as successful as that, as they have been in other years. So I guess what was the like feeling around uh, the football team at that time? You know, it was a transition time. It really was um, the, the, um, Athletic director uh, who'd been there forever uh, left. Um, they uh, they just built the the Metrodome. So my my first year with the team was the last year in the old brick house, and then uh, my my senior year we were at the at the Metrodome. And my senior year we were really good at the start. We we were three and zero. We were ranked nationally. Uh, I believe we were 18th at one point. Uh, Tony Hunter, our running back, was just tearing it up um uh we were playing good defense uh but it was the first year in that dome and we didn't have a lot of depth and a lot of guys got hurt i actually broke my arch running around in that cement that (laughs) they called turf so uh so yeah they switched the turf a couple times and got it right before they tore that place down but the first year it was it was dangerous and and we and we didn't have enough depth to really stand very many injuries so so we were like i said three and oh um, and, and playing really well. And then all of a sudden we lost our last eight. And, and as a pass rusher, uh, if the other team's ahead, uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to rush the passer. They're just running the ball. So, so that was uh, one of the reasons I didn't get drafted higher than I did. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, you were successful in your two years with the program, two, uh, all big, t- all conference twice. Uh, you had a, long journey to get to the Gophers, but looking back at your two years now, would how would you, I guess, describe your overall feeling uh, with the Minnesota program and how would you describe your two years? You know, my two years there were transitional for me. They really were. I, I learned a, a number of things. I learned how to be a good teammate when things weren't going well. I learned how to play my hardest regardless of what was happening around me. I learned that, uh, that, that, uh, Leadership can take lots of different forms. Um, I, I, you know, I, I learned a lot and, and, and being in a negative situation doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's a waste of time. Uh, I learned a lot of things I wouldn't do and that, and that I didn't want to be a part of down the line. So, so there were, there were, uh, there were lessons to be learned uh, not only uh, from a positive standpoint, but from a negative standpoint. 
my uh, my junior year there, I, I split time with a guy named Brent Harms. Brent was a uh, uh, senior that year and and had been in the program and and should have played. Um, I, I split time with him and I ended up leading the Big Ten in sacks, tied with Andre Tippett um, from defensive tackle. My senior year with the with with the Gophers, I led the team in tackles uh, and had no missed tackles from defensive tackle, which doesn't happen, right? No. So so I. Uh, I, I did have a good time there I, and I, and I worked hard at it and, uh, and I made some great friends, guys that are still friends. And, and uh, it was, I got my degree, uh, which which is really why you go to college anyway. Yeah. I, I I'm right in the middle of that right now. Um, So I guess now, I guess staying on the Gophers, uh, when you look at the program, since you've obviously left now uh, they have uh, PJ Fleck as a head coach and he is a very, I guess, interesting uh, person, big personality. What, what are your opinions from the outside? I don't know how many interactions you've had with him, but I guess as as a fan of the program, what are your opinions on him as a head coach? I'm I'm so excited for the Gophers right now. I mean, the program is is uh, going the way everybody had hoped it would when I was there, and 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 ever since. PJ is a great coach. Uh, I I have spent some time with him. I was on the sidelines uh, a couple years ago when they beat Maryland uh, in. in uh, in Huntington stadium. Um, I was, uh, actually spoke for the team when they came out here and played Colorado, I, I guess it was last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had a chance to, to speak to the guys, um, uh, at their, at their captain's dinner, uh, here in, here in, uh, Colorado and, and, uh, you know, got, got to another chance to sit down and talk with PJ and you can tell the kids love them. And, and right now, I mean, when, with, with the transfer rules happening the way they're happening now, people can change, um, you've got to have a charismatic coach. You've got to have somebody who uh, is all about the program, all about the kids and, and, and uh, that the kids can really identify with. And, and I think you've got that with PJ. Yeah. Um. So since uh, you stopped playing with the Gophers, are there any uh, specific players that you've enjoyed watching? You might see a little bit of yourself in them, seeing them play uh, throughout the years. You know, um, it's, it's been a long time. I've been retired from professional football for 26 years. <laughs> yeah. So what is that? That's uh, 38 years. There's been yeah. a lot of guys that come and gone from the uh, from the Gophers uh, since I, since I left. And and living in Colorado, I don't have a lot of chances to to see the team. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just I just like the direction they're going right now. You know, obviously. Um, year after year, there's been guys drafted in the NFL and guys who have had a lot of success in the NFL. And that's one of the great things about playing for a Big Ten team like the Gophers. Um, you get the chance to play against the best competition uh, in the country. And, and, the, the, and, and the game itself is more like the pro game than the other conferences. The, you're, you're running the ball more. You're, you're, it's about blocking and tackling. It's not about uh, all kinds of uh, crazy whiz-bang stuff, <laughs> throwing the ball all over the yard. And, and uh, it, like I said, it's more like professional football. Truthfully, the reason the Broncos drafted me was because of one of our opponents. I, I got to line up against Chris Hinton, and Chris Hinton was an offensive tackle, or I'm sorry, an offensive guard when he played at, at, uh, at Northwestern. When I was, when I was uh, my senior year with, with the Gophers, uh, we lost to Northwestern, but I personally had a very good game against Chris. I had two sacks and forced a fumble and had a, had a really good game ate him up all day long and the Broncos drafted Chris in the first round 
they ended up trading him for John Elway, but they had drafted him in the first round. So they looked at all his tape and they're like, wait a second, this guy's still here. <laughs> Maybe we should draft him. So, so that opportunity to play against the best of the best and, and people that the, that the uh, scouts are, are, are looking at um, really allowed me to, to, to get a shot in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, last, I guess, college question I have for you. Um, the, the whole landscape, I guess, of college football is so much different from when you played with the transfer portal, with all of the uh, name, image, likeness rules. I guess what is your opinion on if you think that's like good for the overall uh, sport? Do you think it's going in a good direction or what, what's your opinion on all of the new stuff in the recent years? You know, the game changes. It, it, it just has. My grandfather was a little All-American at the University of North Dakota. Um, he's on their all-time football team. Uh, I made the mistake once of uh, we were watching a game together. Uh, Notre Dame was playing USC on Thanksgiving. They always used to show that game. And so I'm sitting there with Grandpa, and I, and I pointed out, Grandpa, these guys are really big. I don't know if you could play nowadays. Hell, boy, I played when it was a man's game. Didn't have no face mask, didn't have no pads in my pants, had to play both ways. I mean, it was complete. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, the game changes the game. And, and, and I don't think it, it can be a negative thing. Uh, to pay the kids who are at, out there actually doing what they're doing. Um, they're the ones that are bringing in the money. Um, as a professional player, you know, it's about 50% of the league income goes to the players and 50% goes to the owners. And that's just how it's, how it's set up. Uh, obviously it's not that kind of a split with the kids playing in, in college football, but I think, I, I really think um there's a lot of guys who play college football, not for the education, but play college football as a stepping stone to the NFL. And if they, and, and they're going to treat it like a, a minor league system, the kids should be paid. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Um, So like you mentioned, you were a uh, 12th round pick by the Broncos. Um, 310th pick of the draft, 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't go that long anymore. So I guess uh. When you got the call uh, or you learned, figured out that you were getting drafted, uh, what was, I guess, how did that happen? Like, I guess, where where were you and how did you get the news? Yeah, so I was living in a house uh, down by the by, uh, University of Minnesota. Um, my girlfriend, my wife now at the time, had, had come over and uh, – and and was going to fix me a, a celebratory drink when when the call finally came. It was the second day of the draft. Uh, Atlanta had told me if I was available in the seventh round uh, or later, they would pick me. Uh, unfortunately, they their first two draft picks that year were defensive linemen, so that that went out the door. And I didn't know that there was no ESPN back then. There was no way to follow what was going on. You just sat yeah. by the phone. So I'm sitting by the phone, waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, I sent Kathy home and went to bed and. The phone rang about midnight and it was uh, Jenny Ann. It was the Broncos uh, head coach's secretary. So it was, it, it was Dan Reeves secretary to tell me that the Broncos had just drafted me in the final round and, and uh, they were going to mail me an airline ticket. And if I wanted to come try out, then I should, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no, uh, no bells and whistles, no cameras, no, no nothing. Just, uh, just a call from the secretary. Yeah. It's a lot different nowadays. That's for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, so I, you, you mentioned obviously that you flew out and tried out, uh, what, how interesting was that, I guess, first, uh, training camp or rookie mini camps, however it was, uh, for you as a 12th round pick, obviously you weren't coming in as heralded as other players on the team. 
Yeah, that's you're, you're absolutely right, Tony. It was it was very different. First of all, back then they could we could practice anytime. There there yep. was no limit on the number of practices or full contact or any of that stuff. Uh, so we were we were practicing as as a rookie group um, right from the get go. We came. I I got out there in June. Um, missed uh, missed my own graduation when I was out there, um, and, and uh, you know living in a kind of rundown hotel next to the practice facility um and, and working out now i i was a i was a 240 pound nose guard <laughs> they, they don't they don't exist and they never have existed um so they told me they wanted me to gain 20 pounds uh work out tw- uh, twice a day um <laughs> and, and uh yeah, that's not even possible unless you take steroids and i wasn't going to take steroids my dad's yeah. a or he knew I, I, I wasn't going to take that route. So I, I ate and I ate and I ate, I got up to about two fifty, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but I made the team, um, early on in training camp. I, I, w- I could play. There wasn't a question about whether I could play. And if they were going to, you know, they were going to put me on scout team. I was going to make the guy across from me look bad. And, and, and I did, and it got to the point where coach Reeves, would kick me out of practice. I'd take him out. He's messing up our drills. <laughs> and and uh, first preseason game, uh, once again, I had a chance to play, uh, play and, and, and made two sacks, forced a fumble um, uh, against, uh, uh, against the starter for Seattle. Uh, I don't know why he was still in the game in the third quarter. It was a divine intervention or else he was overweight <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> and, and so I, I got a couple sacks forced to fumble was defensive player of the game. Uh, John Elway was offensive player of the game. Uh, I made the team. I started on as our nickel uh, pass rusher for on the right side for 12 years at that point. Um, still, I was a lineman, uh, never, never played a uh, linebacker before. And eventually they, they, moved me to linebacker a couple years in and, and I made the Pro Bowl my first year as a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, so like you mentioned, uh, you had a lot of different position changes, but you ultimately were incredibly successful in the NFL, six-time Pro Bowl or four-time uh, first-team All-Pro. Um, I guess how uh, interesting was your mindset throughout the whole process? Because you you started at Augustana, like you said, and then you had to walk onto the Gophers, and it, then you were a twelfth round pick. You obviously had a lot of uh, doubters along the way. How how yourself did you not doubt that you were going to, I guess, get to where you wanted to be? That's a great question, Tony. And and the way I, I looked at it was, uh, I was going to be the best player that ever played the game. When I made decisions, uh, whether I was in high school or I was in college or I was, uh, you know, Division Two or with the Gophers or. I was going to do whatever I could to get to that point. So when I made decisions day to day, when I set goals uh, week to week, um, they were always pointed in that direction. And I, I think a lot of people um, get lost along the way when when bad things happen, when when they lose a scholarship, when they get an injury. And I had plenty of them. When something goes wrong, they don't realize. Well, that's just a time, an opportunity to reset and and head back towards where you want to head towards. And 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 that that for me was it. I, I was I I loved the game of football. Uh, did from the time I was ten years old. Played at Lynnhurst Park in South Minneapolis, uh, uh, and and had a had a blast down there. Um, uh, like I said, played it at at Washburn. Played at Edina. Played at Augustana. Played at Minnesota. I mean, I, I had so many teammates, so many guys that 
that I could learn from, um, both from a positive side and a negative side. And I chose the, the positive side. I was, I was going to be a good player and I just worked and worked and worked and worked at it. There, there are some things that you can't change. I mean, I run a four, nine 40. That's why I was the 310th of the draft, but I, but I found out early on in my career, if I took the first step in the right direction before anybody else did, uh, then I had it, all the angles changed in my favor. Um, so for me, that was the main thing, decisiveness, being prepared, and then allowing myself to go when it was time to go. And it doesn't matter whether you're playing high school football or pro football. That's the same same truth. Uh, I, I coached at Kent Denver out here. It's a, uh, a very um, uh, exclusive kind of um, um, private high school where the kids are all really, really smart. We had I think we had seven kids that were national merit scholars on our football team. Right. And I'm trying to teach these guys and coach them. And, and it was on one side is great to be smart. On the other side, it's like, there's no assuming that this and this, no go. It's like, you gotta go. So, so that, that, um, that ability to trust myself and go when it was time to go was, was huge. Uh, not only in, in every step of the way. Yeah, it's super interesting. I think that's what makes football so great is because you can be the smartest player in the world, but it takes a different kind of, I guess, attitude to play at the highest level. Yeah, there's um, no question. Yeah. Uh, so you've been a big uh, advocate and outspoken about um, concussions with football. Um, I was reading and uh, I guess from your point of view, someone who's experienced it, uh, do you think uh, the way that the game of football is going – is uh great for that aspect for players health and head injuries and i guess what's your opinion on the improvements that's being made to the game of football at all levels well i'm, gl I'm glad they're they're uh acknowledging that it's an issue that was the first step when i was playing you'd come to the sidelines the the, the trainer would say how many fingers it's always two so you say two and you go back in <laughs> yeah my, my my grandpa told me that uh when he played they had like a a, a like bin of pills that he just take like a handful out and toss them in. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they used to have these little uh, ammonium things. They'd break a smelling salt and put it under your nose, and you know, yeah. supposedly that's supposed to fix it. <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, uh, I I have been. I was part of the of the lawsuit against the NFL for for them uh, kind of hiding the truth about uh, about what uh, concussions did long term. Um, and, and, uh, I don't regret that. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd make the, the team nowadays though. Uh, my game was all about physical contact. I, I, I don't look good in shorts and <laughs> they're just running around in shorts right now. Um, but they're safe. And if there's a head injury, they take care of it. They're trying to teach kids not to, not to lead with their head. Um, trying to, trying to, you know, make sure that they're safe. I mean, you see them out running around in training camp now with those crazy, uh, afro things on the yeah. outside of their helmets but uh trying to protect them from injury and, and i think that's good i've had uh i've had 18 football related surgeries uh, i've had a, over wow. a dozen concussions um my my life has been uh has been affected by football in in many many positive ways and a few negative ways uh i don't i don't know if i'd have played as long if i'd have known about the concussion issues um but uh but i'm happy i did i, I loved it right to the end yeah, definitely. Um, so last few questions I'll get you out on here, I guess. Um, you've been a big public speaker since you've uh, moved on from football. Um, was that always something that I guess you 
thought you were going to do? Uh, did it like surprise you that like uh, you ended up being a public speaker or I guess what's your experience with that since uh, you now, you know, I, I love it. Um, the, the, it was not the plan. Like I said, I was pre-med. My dad was a doctor. I saw how much he loved his profession. I was going to be a doctor too. I uh, became a patient instead <laughs> and moved on. But, uh, but uh, no, it wasn't the plan. And and I used to tease the guys who were con uh, the communications majors, because that's what all the football players were, were communications majors when I was there. And, and now I'm, I'm the communication guy. Uh, but, but the, the pattern of it is so similar to football. Um, you, you game plan, depending on the group you're going to speak to, you perform at a high level for a short period of time, you evaluate what happened, you know, if it went well, you know, what went well, and you repeat that, if what went poorly, uh, you'd throw that out and try something else. And I mean, it's, it's football, except, you know, no tape, no sweat, no injuries. I mean, it works out yeah. pretty well. Um, so, so I've loved it. I've, I've actually, I'm a certified speaking professional through the national speakers association, which is the, uh, that's the highest earned designation you can get from that, from that organization. Um, I, I do about 40 keynotes a year all around the country, done a few back in Minnesota, uh, love getting back there. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's been my profession. I talk about universal keys to success, teamwork, courage, dedication, desire, honesty, and forgiveness, goal setting, uh, that apply not only on the football field, which is where I learned them, but uh, in business and relationships and community. Uh, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a lot of stories um, and then targeted towards the audience and 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 that industry. So, uh, yeah, it's it's I'm still playing football just in a different way. Yeah. Uh, so last question I'll get you here on. Um, the a lot of my listeners obviously are Gophers fans um, and the program continues to go through a transition uh positive or negative uh, last 10 years it's been all over the place but i guess from your point of view uh it's been a while since the gophers have won a uh, big 10 championship so from your uh point of view as a fan as a player wh what do you think i guess the potential in the future of gophers football looks like i think it looks great like i said having having pj uh and having him locked up for a while um have having the the success that they've seen, uh, you know, getting uh, getting Morgan back, and I mean, just the whole the whole vibe over there, I think, um, is gonna is is gonna lead to to more greatness. It's 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 really hard to make the the jump. I, I played in three Super Bowls. We lost all three of them. Um, a few years later, the Broncos won two in a row. And, and it's a it's kind of a building thing where where you have to believe you can you can make that first step. Uh, I, I think they're getting there. I really do. I think, I think uh, you, you see the kids that are, are coming out of the University of Minnesota into the NFL uh, and their success there. Uh, you see the, you see the uh, commitment of PJ Fleck and, and, and that coaching staff to, to that organization, um, to, to the school, to the community. Um, it's, it's, it's moving in the right direction. And, and that's exciting. Um, like you said, it's, it's been a while and, 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 to it's been up and down and back and forth. Uh, but, but, but I'm always proud when I, when I see the Gophers won again and, and beat a good team or, you know, are in the, are in the bowl games, which is, which is so cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun to see. And, and I expect it to continue on, under PJ Fleck and, and, uh, and, and the, the athletic director and, and the whole, uh, crew that's there right now. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's all I got for you today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this again. 
And uh, yeah, it was great, great talking with you. Well, I appreciate it, Tony. Uh, hi to all the uh, Gopher fans out there. I uh, hope to get back and and uh, you know go to a Gopher game in, in the uh, in the field. There, it was nice that uh, they built it back on campus. That was such a mistake to move from move from campus out to downtown. That that just didn't didn't work. I'm glad they they rectified that for sure. I, I agree with you. I think it's been uh, great since they've done it. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for hopping on and doing this. All right, take care now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.